Welcome to the 120th edition of Take Note. This is our podcast about carrying a little pocket notebook around in your pocket and using that as a vehicle to pay attention or a little more attention to the world around you. Maybe write down some observations, some notes, something that catches your eye, and then you read them out to your friends on your podcast. I'm here with Adam. Hello, Adam. Hey, Ted. And I am here with uh, number one fan of the show and occasional co-host, and this happens to be one of those occasions, Ryan Sly. Hello, Ryan. Welcome back. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me again. Uh, it, it's 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 Vax Stationary Guys Summer. Who's excited? Summer camps are, are back again. Plans are being made. It's good. To, I feel optimistic. You know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I feel optimistic. I can't help it. Ted, I, well, I have to confess, uh, I've been having a little summer beverage series of my own this afternoon, and I only understood two-thirds of the words you just said. Somebody got started on their summer already. Congratulations to you, sir. Thank you. I appreciate Ryan, it. I couldn't uh, have done Ryan. it without you guys, except I did it without you guys. <laughs> Ryan, what, what characterizes your stationary life these days? Like, what's your what's your... Uh, what's your vibe in paper and pens and pencils? My vibe is using the things that I've already purchased. Ah, I love that. <laughs> I love that vibe so much. It's actually pretty fun. I'm uh, I'm trying to maybe have not all of the fountain pens in the same rotation all at one time uh, so that every once in a while I can just spring one back into action. I'm... Uh, I'm Picking out old field notes that I've had for a while, I'm I'm just I'm not buying. I'm using, and it's great. It's free. My my wife uses a phrase every now and again: "Shop your closet." Yeah, which is like if you need something, go see if you already have it before you uh, before you search the internet. Yeah. So I'm shopping I'm, my I'm drawer. Feeling it. Nice. We should bring shop your closet to the stationary world. We should start hashtagging our things that way. Find a little crossover with the uh, fashion moms. You know, they'll find our stuff. We'll find their stuff. Well, I mean, I I, I think that's what's happening right now. I'm, all, I'm ready for it. Shop your closet. Shop your drawer. I think shop your drawer is the way to go. Or shop your draw, depending on uh, what region of the country you're from. United States. I can't get on board with that. I don't know what regions of other countries. I think we should try all of those alternatives that you've suggested and then just go back to the shop your closet that works. Fair, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, all right, Ryan, uh, guest of honor. Why don't you uh, why don't you get started uh, sharing what you've written in your notebook of late, Ryan? What do you got? All right, so I've turned my son into uh, an obnoxious human being. Uh, well, occasionally. So the other day, he was experimenting with the words that I've taught him to yell out in his best bro voice he's yelling tight and light (laughs) and to double whammy my wife moist and then he busted out heist and he said so he improv yeah he did and he goes hey that's a word i know and i turned around and i said yeah charlie it means it's like a robbery said i know Oh, speaking of which, my friend Axel got robbed. He wasn't home, and um, they t- only took toys. 
Huh. <laughs> Pretty sure the dark. parents just cleaned out uh, <laughs> some of the old things they don't use anymore. But uh, Axel <laughs> was caught unaware. Charlie learned a new word. All was, all was well. Toy uh, yeah, over Axel's <laughs> over Axel's eyes, they pulled the fleece. <laughs> um, amazing. Our right, you got him. All right, uh, wrote down. There's a neighbor girl from across the street, around the corner, and down three houses, who ends up outside of our house a lot. When I park the car and turn my head, occasionally she's right there. On Saturday. At 9 a.m., I was walking the dog, and there she was, barefoot. She said, today's my birthday party, and I told her that we would be there. You have to bring me a present, she said. I understand how it works. Uh, She came by the house again today, and Jennifer asked how she liked her party. She said it was good because her favorite neighbors were there. A moment passed, and she said... Wait, what did you guys get me for my birthday? (laughs) (laughs) That's a refreshing change from please, no presents. (laughs) Right. (laughs) What do you got, Ted? Uh, All right, let's see. A little little anecdote. This this was a couple days ago. This morning at breakfast, over scrambled egg whites that required additional explanation and some extra salesmanship before all the kids finally conceded that they liked them. Uh, May said something like, okay, I'm gonna give y'all a quiz to, uh, she said it to my six-year-old son and I. Uh, Ewan immediately stopped her. Can you not call us y'all? It's kind of, uh, and I don't even know what happened after that. I have no clue, even I have no memory of how he characterized it or explained it away, but May and I just stared at each other as if he had just announced that he grew an 11th toe in the nighttime <laughs> to suggest that a young Texan born and raised in this state loyally attended the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo every year, traveled to the Texas Hill Country at least thrice during the pandemic, uh, not used the phrase y'all anymore, this is cultural blasphemy, and we responded accordingly. Just yesterday, Ewan himself had dressed in full cowboy getup for our two-hour excursion to the Museum of Natural History. From hat to belt to boots, this little cowpoke was now turning on one of our most stable and visible verbal signposts. Uh, What response could we have? Uh, Even if we have been dealing with levels of cantankerousness from this six-year-old that would make a capital rioter go, dude, chill. Uh, He may as well have said, I don't like Tex-Mex or DNA, I'm against it. Sure, some of our more devout science deniers might be on board with that one, but I'll wager even those separatists wouldn't would uh, recoil at the rejection of our people's most effective social lubricant this side of a pandemic since ranch water, Topo Chico, Tito's Vodka, and uh, Flotilla of Squidged Limes. You haven't experienced the full range of human experience nice line nailed it until you've tried to explain to a young texan who dressed as a cowboy 12 hours previous why his sister can in fact refer to her family as y'all at 6 15 in the morning if he utters a disparaging word against whataburger we're having an intervention <laughs> uh, what do you got ryan oh man uh 
got accidentally included on a group text message about some strangers' <laughs> upcoming flight plans. Had some fun during work adding comments like, hope they have a nice flight, considering. You know how Bruce can be. And, wait, I don't know, Brian was coming. How fun. Realized later... I had saved two voicemails from people in this family. One from a grandfather wishing uh, Joshua a uh, 4th of July, uh, very robotically, I might add. And uh, <laughs> one where the grandma had just uh, seemingly been in mid-conversation about insurance policies and... Uh, who Brian might be calling or not calling and all the details therein uh, securing her insurance policy. Um, I immediately outed myself to these people uh, and found out that my number, my cell phone number that is, is, is a mix of one of the grandson's home and cell phone numbers where the prefix to my number is part of his home number and the, the other four numbers are, are part of his cell phone number, which is why they keep texting me and uh, sending me voicemails <laughs> to one of two of people that, that live in that house, I, I presume. I didn't get a whole lot of detail out of it, but it's very satisfying to, to complete what amounts to six months worth of correspondence <laughs> with uh, the stranger family of uh, <laughs> amazing. That is amazing. That's that uh, sounds mistaken. Yeah. Oh, they sound very sweet. How much money did you get off of them? Yeah. <laughs> Not as much as I probably could have, but grandma <laughs> was like, "Wait, Ryan, who are you?" <laughs> when they're all exchanging yeah. actual phone numbers and I revealed my name and my real phone number. Uh, some of my favorite life experiences have been mistaken correspondences. Uh, Adam will probably recognize. I'm not going to be able to cite the details. And I, I, yeah, maybe I talked about this on on our one of our previous podcasts. Unfindable, I'm sure, on the internet these days. But uh, I got an email one year from a lovely couple uh, in Napa Valley inviting me to their uh, their their traditional annual summer picnic outside near the vineyard and you know bring bring instruments and your favorite bottle of bubbly and the whole nine yards and I had no idea who any of them were received that email every year for the next eight nine years <laughs> loved it every time that bad clip art header uh, hit my inbox just an absolute delight are you still on the list I don't think I'm on the list anymore. Mm. Either, either they died, or uh, if they refreshed their uh, contact list. Really I think we know which one is more likely. Your, it's probably, finish with your joke on that one. Probably your old hotmail account. <laughs> I, it is. It's my wish that you go to their party. I think you should contact them again I, and tell them yeah, now my, that it was now that this pandemic is over you would like to go to their party. That was my real dream was just to show up one year, you know, with a, a Horace shirt on and, and sandals and khakis and, you know, fistfuls of wine and just, you know, go hug the nearest 
the nearest Napa native that I laid eyes upon. That's my only regret in outing myself is that I, I won't be invited to any of their future outings. Mistakenly. Yeah, there's a period of mourning that you're going to yeah. experience. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you got, Adam? All right. I am reading a new Cesar Iron novel. Not a new one, but a new one for me. It's called Ghosts. I have uh, written a post on our blog about Cesar Ira and his short books. And there's uh, there's just a few things that this one is reminding me of and that I wanted to share. It's it's very strange, like all of his novels. So uh, there's, th- there's this sentence that grabbed me first. It's true that buildings under construction seem smaller before the windows, doors, and flooring have been put in. Everyone knows that. And yet somehow the opposite also seemed to be true. And I don't know how he gets away with just putting sentences like that in this book, but they work, (laughs) and I love them. And it reminded me of a story that I know I told you guys about, but I don't think I did it on the podcast. Uh, Jonathan Lethem had a story in The New Yorker a couple months ago called The Crooked House uh, that I really, really liked. So I read some, some of the ways that he writes about this building in this book kind of reminded me of that magical house and that story. And so I wanted to mention it here. Um, and then I thought I would just, there's also a quote, the quote on the back of the book that's from early in the book that is, uh, you can't explain his books. So they sometimes just put quotes on the back. And anyway, so here's a couple sentences that I guess explains this book. On a building site of a new luxury apartment building, visitors looked up at the strange irregular form of the water tank that crowned the edifice and the big, parabolic dish that would supply television images to all the floors. On the edge of the dish, a sharp metallic edge on which no bird would have dared to perch. Three completely naked men were sitting with their faces turned up to the midday sun. No one saw them, of course. Um, And then the last thing about this book, the word pleonasm showed up and I did not know what what a pleonasm was. So I looked it up the use of more words than are necessary to convey meaning, for example, see with one's eyes, either as a fault of style or for emphasis. So I like that because I think that definition will haunt me. Um, now I know <laughs> what I'm doing when we host this podcast. I'm filling it's, it with pleonasms. For emphasis. Right. You're talking with <laughs> words in order to... <laughs> So that's Ghosts by Cesar Ira. Sounds awesome. What do you guys? Uh, I recently returned to the office, and I had a few reflections in light of that experience. Uh, Waited until after taking two big swigs of office water to message the building folks to ask if the water was okay to drink. Uh, the re- the response, uh, incidentally, was from from our building person was, I thought it tasted terrible, but nobody <laughs> said you couldn't drink it. <laughs> Great, it was enough for me. Uh, went to the break room to make a cup of coffee. The lights were off, uh, and I got distracted by the television that was on, blaring CNN, uh, with its post apocalyptic vibes. Uh, when from the shadows near the Keurig machine, a voice said, back in the office, and I jumped out of my khakis. 
Could have turned the lights on, Helen. <laughs> you could have turned the lights on. You know, last week I asked you if being back in the office had horror vibes, or maybe it was a couple weeks ago, and you're like, oh no, it's really pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> Little did I know. Uh, the mask policy changed in the fourth paragraph of a generic email on Monday. On Tuesday, no staff members in the campus cafe wore a mask while every customer did. By Friday, the staff were back in masks while the faces of half the customers were bare. So watch your emails, folks. <laughs> Policies changing fast these days. Uh, finally, my wife was quick to erase any remnants of my year and a half of work life from the home office. Uh, during the transition, my transition from home to work office, she went so far as to say, do you really need to keep two offices? Uh, they literally reopened the office after a pandemic yesterday, I whined. Uh, two days after that, uh, I, two days after I was fully back at work, my six-year-old had fully occupied my desk at home with piles of printer paper, an unused podcasting microphone, and uh, ancient portable DVD player, bits of homemade money. Uh, when I brought it up to my wife, she said, he started a bank. <laughs> so back to work, yeah. back in the office. It's, it's nice to know what they were thinking while you were working from home. When, when will he get out of here? <laughs> <laughs> I have been waiting on starting this bank the whole time. <laughs> Finally. Well, I, so that, that I wrote in my pocket notebook. My previous what do you got, I wrote in my fancy uh, Nanami uh, notebook. And I'm also holding my Let's Travelers book in which uh, I wrote, write down quotes. And then I'm also holding my standard memorandum 2021. So a couple weeks ago, I mentioned that I was diversifying my note taking and it was leading to very slow filling up of my field notes. And, uh, and that's why. Has it driven you crazy yet? No, um, I, you know, I think the, the, the book of quotes is amazing and transcendent. Um, the standard memorandum, I'm, it's just little notes, so it's not really like taking up space. Um, I go a little crazy with the two, the field notes and the, and the long form, but um, I'm really feeling it. But it, it, uh, it's, I, I'm not getting through this field notes notebook very quick, and that's why. But it's it's working out okay. It's actually it is a little bit of uh, shopping the closet or shopping the drawer. Hashtag shop the drawer. Oh, like everybody says. Um, but it I mean it's fun. I think it's enjoyable, and it's um, I just have to release the idea that I'm going to get through a lot of field notes quickly. <laughs> but flipping through a book of quotes that you've saved, yeah. even just a couple days after, man, it's really. Really cool. So where cool are most experience. of your where are most of your quotes coming from? Um, a lot of like online articles, magazines. I would say at this point, um, that's where most of them are coming from. But books I'm reading as well. Uh, one was Billy Bob Thornton's devilish character in the Fargo TV show when he says, "I'm a student of institutions." Well, that was pretty amazing. I could just, shall I just read them all to you and that could occupy the rest of the podcast? 
Sure, but I was thinking. Uh, I was looking through this uh, Field Notes commemorative book, and uh, it reminded me that that end papers edition existed. And I was thinking that um, I probably have an empty end papers uh, edition, and maybe that could be my quote notebook. Be- you know, this Let's book is it is uh, much taller than it is wide, similar to the end notes. There's something that makes it a little more special. I think the end notes would be perfect for that. Huh. Um, you guys both received the the special field notes fiftieth uh, anniversary package. We did. What are your thoughts? Well, I love it. I am. The more that I look at them, I'm I'm really excited to use one. I'm about to start actually, and I'm trying to choose which one. But I think you know the simplicity of it is great. I think they've done a good job, like, you know, paying homage to some of the past editions, but it's a little different in a couple of uh, simple ways to, to, to past editions. But, you know, I, I think intentionally is simple. You, right. you know, when you decide to have, well, this is going to be the 50th and they kind of played it up themselves. Like we're going to make this special. And so then people's expectations or imaginations go wild. And when it comes out to be simple, some people are disappointed. I think for me, I think it makes perfect sense because this is one that you want a lot of people to enjoy. It's not one that Mm -hmm. you want to take like a gigantic risk on, do some, crazy thing that you've never done before with and I think they've done a couple of things that are unique and special to commemorate the edition but at the same time sort of play into what what got them here yeah like it's nice in the hand it looks great the style is nice and it's just a simple usable notebook and in, in at its core and so i appreciate that about it i i agree it is nice in the hand and i think that's um that like using that french paper you know and i this isn't red craft i know they've got like they they normally use craft and sometimes they've used like an orange craft like workshop companion they used different french pa- french paper craft covers this is French pop tone, so I don't remember. I know it's in the email, like where they've used this pop tone paper before, but it does, like, it feels nice in the hand, just like he said. Um, and I think they did these fly leafs of three different colors, echoing um, three editions. So the fly leafs were actually they did that in, I think, in end papers too. Um, but that's just you know like a basically a piece of an extra piece of paper between the notebook paper and the cover. Um, and that's that's a nice touch too. Only thing that I you know didn't need. It's not a problem or you know it's I don't have any real problem with it. Is I didn't need the die cut in field notes for like to highlight the fifty. Um, just you know that doesn't happen to do anything for me. Um, I'm excited to use it too. I did test the uh, last page a little bit. It writes nice. There's a thing where you know the there's a silver graph that bleeds through the ink a little bit, which never bothers me. I know some people, you know, don't care for that, or that's a complaint that some people have. What did you think about the, just the looks of the notebook, Ted? I know you've just seen pictures. 
I I think the you know as I look at it right now it's it's the use of the die cut on the O for the fifty is actually a little more maybe a little more tongue in cheek and clever than I think I gave it credit for just before I kind of scanned it closely. Um, it's it's a little less precious about their kind of you know the mark that's the same on every single uh, or most every edition. Um, does the die cut, what does that look like on the inside front cover? Does, can you tell that it's there? Does it make it a little puffier or nope, something? No, it doesn't really. Uh, and you can actually, the That's O is in cool. a place where I think it's pretty easy to write around it. It's in like the pertinent coordinates on the inside front cover. Um, yeah. And that's why it doesn't bother me at all because it's so small. Yeah. And, it, yeah. you know, it's not like it's going to cause a problem with the cover or anything like that. It's just a little thing. It's like, it's no big deal. And it allows them to put the little 50 in there. It's kind of fun. And I like the, you know, the colors that the 50 is on, you know, it's got, it's the black, the silver on black, which is kind of a nod to their wildly successful, you know, pitch black versions and, and, uh, the other, you know, Ravenswing and all those. And the, the orange is kind of a nod to their butcher, is that yep. what it's called? Butcher Orange. And then the green is kind of got a Shenandoah, you know, it, f- f- gra- whatever the grassy edition is, um, grass stain. So it's, you know, they're little, I like the little nods that, as you're saying, it's not kind of overboard. It's little winks. Um, be nice if it came in a ruled line, but you know what? <laughs> Everything can't be perfect. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think obviously what y'all mentioned is the uh, the commemorative book, which both of y'all have in hand. Yeah. Um, does that does that feel substantial? Yes, I think so. Do you, Ron? Yeah, I, you know, looking at the book, I had a lot of thoughts about it. It's, you know, there's a bunch of fun little facts and information in it and stuff. I'm not sure that I've decided exactly how I'll use it. I'm thinking, you know, that one possibility be, it could be just a, you know, an inventory of the field notes books that I've written, maybe some kind of an, an, an inventory of, you know, this book from this month, has this thing in it, you know, to where it's not really just using it as a, a notebook or something like that, but kind of an index. Like a very of, self-referential. Yeah. And a, 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 sna- a, a notebook snake eating its own tail and <laughs> spinning back around. And, it's exactly I like what I was idea. thinking. Um, <laughs> you know, just to, because it's not the sort of thing that you would use as a regular notebook. Because it's like a celebratory, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of a half coffee table book, half notebook. And so, you know, it's not a, the sort of thing you use for a regular purpose. And it, it seems suiting to me to kind of keep track of, oh, well, this book has this thing that you might want to come back to in it um, about halfway through or whatever. Some notes about about my notes, I think, but... What's fun about it, in my opinion, is is all the create creativity they've put into what they've decided to celebrate about everything that's come along. It seems like there's a lot of sort of inside joke stuff in there, and 
you know, some things are not maybe 100% inside, but just sort of stuff that they wanted to highlight. And uh, the more I thought about that, the more I was thinking, well, I mean, 50 quarterly editions in and of itself, like any anniversary or, or celebration is something that you just somewhat arbitrarily de arbitrarily decide to celebrate. Right. right? You, uh, you decide it's noteworthy and therefore it is. And that, I think, is what is one of the great things about field notes uh, and, and the things that you guys have talked about through these 120 episodes is like we decide what happens what silly things that our kids say or that happen in our everyday lives that are are noteworthy for whatever reason and otherwise wouldn't be but you decide they are and you put them in your field notes and we talk about them here and uh and that's kind of what it's all about right Oh, that's well said. You know, I think last week we talked uh, about authorship and the idea of, you know, the people behind field notes being an important part of it. And I think you really, you, you take that um, idea even further. And, you know, I think we were talking about before knowing what this would be and the, you know, the idea that they did spend a little time to make something fun and creative and, and, you know, about them and the jokes and the, the story behind it. It's perfectly, perfectly fitting. That's good stuff. The, um, the essay that... I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to use it. It's graph paper. <laughs> not my favorite. But you know what? It's, it's good stuff. <laughs> not my thing. Not for me. I'll wait for the next one. But I'm saying it's the, great. It's the essay they have where they actually think about how to categorize the editions and why the editions kind of fall into these categories is is really thoughtful and really interesting as well but i, I think it's uh, maybe exactly the sort of thing gosh i feel like everything is a pleonasm now or whatever that word is um but i think it's exactly <laughs> the sort of thing that you suggested ryan which is like uh you know that that essay i bet they that didn't come natural it came from just focusing a little bit on these last 50 editions and trying to make some sense out of it which is uh, kind of what we do with our notebooks and what we talk about on the show, just like you said. Um, but there's a, there's a lot of fun in it, and it is, you know, it. Uh, if you've been carrying around these notebooks for five years or ten years or whatever it is, there's uh, something really satisfying in them reflecting, you reflecting on it, and this desk ledger, you know, until you had mentioned that fantastic idea of turning it into an index for your notebooks, it is this amazing lay flat wide thing that could just be used as like, you know, catch all for on your desk for a little note to remind yourself of what you're going to do that day. And it would be absolutely perfect for that. Um, but now you've, you've come up with a much more memorable idea that um, probably have to copy you. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's the it's amazing though it is the sort of thing this book is like the sort of thing that you'll want to keep even if you weren't the type of person that held on to old notebooks um you know even if your daily notebook you know you threw it out when you were done with it or something like that the uh the book's something really special i think 
I'll say one of the facts that really struck me was, I mean, because of the fervor over field notes sometimes that we see is that there is only one subscriber that was, that started at the beginning and hasn't missed a single one from being huh. a subscriber. Only yeah. one person. That's cool. There were, I think, four others that maybe missed one or two, but, but you know, they subscribe now and they did at the beginning, but not fully complete. But, that, I mean, that's yes, kind of remarkable considering how many people are into it now and probably how many people are into it then. It's just like a, just a... That small handful of people have been the entire time. Um, I got a package in the mail uh, the other day, a nice little paper package addressed to uh, to Ted Walker, co-host of Take Note. That's how I knew something was up. Something was up, uh, but it was uh, it was from my sister, the 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 renowned and famous uh, Ada Fitzgerald, uh, owner of Main Street books in Davidson, North Carolina. She had a letter sent me letting you know six... that I was officially her favorite take note co-host. <laughs> yes. This was one of the hardest things I've ever had. It to only read. cost me five bucks. Uh, she sent uh, wrapped in the onion paper on which she wrote that letter uh, was a black wings independent uh, bookstore day edition of their black wing makes pencils. You see very nice pencils among other things. Mm. Uh, but this is, you know, I had even forgotten about these in the time between uh, when this occurred and, and when this package landed. Uh, but these pencils are so fun and so cool looking. They just just leapt out. Uh, and I was, uh, I was, I've just been having a great time with them since and I haven't even used them yet. But uh, go check them out if you're listening. But they've, they've got the main part of the barrels, this kind of bright blue tealish thing. There's two little gold bands of different sizes that are shiny and uh, uh, foils stamped. And then the, the end of the pencils is bright kind of orangey pink coral color. And then the eraser's yellow and the ferrules like dark, some sort of dark burnished copper. And it says Independent Bookstore Day on it. It's really fun. And it says I Heart Indie Bookstores. On the side. So thank you, Ada, for remembering to do that and sending them to me. I wish that Adam had had a chance to to get his hands on some of these, but you know, sometimes how many you did just Ada gotta, send you? You got to well. She sent me six. They must have done a short. Uh, must have done a smaller edition seven. size for these. She sent me so seven, anyway, <laughs> did she really? No. Say it ain't. She sent so. me. No, she did. She sent me. Uh, she sent me the other half because. Uh, because she knew how upset I am that I'm not her favorite take note co-host, presumably. <laughs> uh, I don't. I would. That's a. That's a. That's a steep presumption. I, I'm not ready oh, to I go was that far. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I've assured Ryan. I assured Ryan off the air that uh, that uh, he'll be getting a few of these in hand. I I don't remember the conditions of these. Is it you? If you. Did you you could just purchase them at an indie bookstore on that day? I think Is that so. What it was? I think so. Um, I don't know because I uh, I didn't need any new pencils. But these are you know I I subscribed for the last year 
Um, I got the volume three, which was, I think the um, Ravi Shankar pencil. Was it Ravi? Yep. Mm. It was the Ravi yeah. Shankar pencil. Yeah. And um, I got the 19th Amendment pencil, which was really nice. The vi- the neon ones, volume mm. six, and that uh, Woody Guthrie one. And uh, I think this one's maybe my favorite, although I do really like that uh, volume 19, that 19th Amendment one's sharp pencil too. But uh, um, yeah, I, uh, I think this is a gorgeous pencil. And uh, I think it's interesting. It's an interesting challenge that all these companies face when they make these collaborations and then have to um, offer the collaborations up or the, you know, Blackwing offers the labs and the eras and they're in addition to the subscriptions, right? And how do you take care of your subscribers and make something that's really cool for everybody else? Um, because I saw these and I was, I was like, oh, I think this might be the best pencil I've seen from Blackwing in a year, although... That 19th edition is really nice, too. It's a great... Well, you know, I mean, I think this is an open enough uh, idea that you could easily pick some different colors and, you know, some different design components and release it as a very cool uh, limited pencil. There's nothing about this that uh, that is not completely adaptable to basically any other concept. And, you know, I have to be honest, I think I like the fact that there's not some extensive narrative behind it it's yep. just a fun pencil that looks yeah. really cool you know they did a really think, nice job with those i don't have to turn i don't have to turn on ravi shankar's music to use this <laughs> pencil i can just use it in any setting with any music playing at all i don't have to turn on Woody no, this Guthrie. Pencil only works in an independent bookstore <laughs> yeah. you make a good point though adam it's difficult i you know at blackwing in particular maybe putting themselves in sort of a tricky situation because they're doing so many different collaborations and a lot of those pencils are fantastic. Yep. And that's a positive thing, but also you're trying to sell people a subscription to their quarterly volumes and, uh, you know, they may not like those pencils as much as all these other great things you're doing, and so that's tricky. I mean, I, I, I suppose there'd be some model of a subscription where you could actually choose between a couple of different editions that they'd created in the last, you know, three months ahead of that or something. Give them a give choice between these indie bookstore pencils and the, the Woody Guthrie's, or maybe that's too much of a risk, an inventory risk or something <laughs> like that. Nobody wanted any of our Guthrie pencils, guys. <laughs> I hate to tell you. Yeah, I just don't know how any company kind of does it. I think Field Nuts has somehow figured it out um, in that, you know, they can come out with those, that Wilco edition, um, which has a really, you know, there's something about that Wilco edition that isn't going to appeal to a broad audience necessarily. Like that doesn't feel like a subscriber edition and not just because... I don't know, maybe I'm just convincing yeah. myself, but not just because it's Wilco, right? But there's something about the style of it that's a little more um, iconoclastic or wild, or you're buying it not for the designs, you're buying it for the Wilco-ness of it, um, maybe. Yeah, well, and the collaboration, right. too. I mean, I think, I'm pretty sure there are people out there who have not heard of Wilco. Right, right. <laughs> that exist. right that may that that may be true but also i mean 
I think it's it has to do with the sheer number of collaborations that Blackwing is doing. Right. And all they're making yeah. a lot of great looking pencils with with other people that aren't in the volumes and so you know, you open yourselves up to being like, well, we're only doing four pencils a year for the volumes if people like one of the other 20 that we've made as a collaboration in the meantime, you know, then they'll be less happy with their subscription because all they're getting out of that is an extra pencil and maybe some other little trinket. Well, all I can say to those unsatisfied people is, is hashtag shop yeah, your closets drawer. Good advice. And uh, go to I like town. Shop your drawer. Have you ever considered shop your drawer? Your jar? Yeah. That yeah. might be the best. That might be the best of all. It's perfect for pencils. Yep. Don't buy more pencils, guys. You shop your jar. Use the ones you got. Uh, this has been great, Ryan. As always, thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure. Thanks again, guys. Good to talk to you. Yeah. Thank Good you, Ryan. To talk to you as well. Uh, Adam, shall we do this again next week? Let's do this again next week. Sounds good. Uh, check us out on the internet at takenote.space. Uh, in Spanish, that's takenote.space. Uh, we are on Twitter, <laughs> twitter.com slash takenotepod. And take care.